Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 35 of the Rock For Him podcast. I'm Jeremy Brown, your host, and with me are my ministry brothers, Jason Bukowski, Scott Mullins, and Herb Russ. <laughs> Russ, that's right, yeah, Herb Russ, who's our, our silent partner, and with us tonight is our special guest, Jeremy Riley of Jeremy Riley Music. And end of I. How's it going, Jeremy? Good. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. Good. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and the band and, and all that good stuff? Well, I'm uh I'm from Davison. Uh I grew up in Davison and I've been in the area um all my life. I've lived here pretty much. And um <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm married. I have four kids, and um, it's kind of crazy to think that I could manage the music and do everything that I'm doing now with a full family. Because you know, like the world tells you, you know, you got to be single, and there's no way to do it. But I've been able to accomplish way more being grounded with a family, man. And it's just, it's been awesome. I mean, I could go on all day about it, but, but yeah, so. I mean, that's pretty much my my day life. And then as far as the music is concerned, um, I started out as a worship leader. But and then that evolved into doing original music. And then God brought the pieces together to actually put the band together. So it started out with me being a worship leader. Then it, it transitioned into Jeremy Riley music. And then once the band came and now that's when I'm getting ready to launch End of I. So that's where I'm at now. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So, uh, how did you guys come up with the name "End of I"? I mean, I think it's kind of almost self-explanatory, but why don't you tell the <laughs> listeners how you came up with it? So, this man, this has been the most frequently asked question, man. Um, "End of I," the name itself. Uh, one week after the Lord called me out of my band. And I, I laid everything down on the altar, completely dropped everything. So I'm one week out, not even on a worship team, didn't know what God was going to do. And I was driving to the store and just listening to the radio. And I, there was a lyric in a song and the lyric was end of me. And when I heard that, it just like, it pierced my heart, man, because I just walked away from everything. And it really summed up like, what God was showing me that my gift and everything that he had given me was never about me. It was everything, you know, he was just starting to show me how it was all for him and, and he had a plan for it. So to make a long story short, when I heard that, when I heard that lyric, man, it, it like, it stuck with me and I'm like, you know what, when I get home, I'm going to Google that. Cause that's like a band name. I knew I wanted it. <laughs> so I got home and I Googled it. And it was everywhere. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> so I was like, Lord, how what's another way to say this? And and end of I just dropped in. So I Googled that and nobody had it. <laughs> and now so, they do. Yeah. It, and like as of right now, like when I've Googled it, nothing pops up. So I I snagged it. And this was 12 years ago. So I didn't, like I said, I didn't even have a band yet. I just knew I was gonna use it because it summed up the testimony. And it wasn't till you know just the last few years that it actually started to manifest. Mm. 
So nice. that, that's awesome. Cause a lot of times as baby Christians we're, we're saved, but it takes a while to get to that point to total surrender. And it's as you mature or progress in sanctification, you finally realize I don't have to do this by myself. The Lord's there for me. He, he loves it when we're finally like, here I am, Lord, just use me, do it. It's I'm yours. Mm -hmm. And that's total surrender. I love the name. We had actually uh, gone up to a concert that you guys were playing that with our, our friend Dusty was there and um, we had gone actually to see Dusty. And uh, so he played his set. Noah Tatum was there as well. And then you guys came on. I'm like, wow, these guys are awesome. So it was, it was great how the Lord brought you to us. And, and uh, yeah, it's uh, I've been looking forward tonight to tonight for a long time. And uh, so one of the things you touched a little bit on it uh, that we love to do as a rock for him podcast is we want the listeners to hear your story or your testimony. How did you come to Christ? Um, we'd love to hear that. And hopefully you can share it with us. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, man, it's, it, it was, it was, let's see the best way to put this. He wooed me to him slowly to the I mean, point to, and, and it's just, it's just the way that it happened. You know, some people are one extreme and then boom, you know, they have a miraculous encounter. But for me, it was like, if I had to pinpoint a time when God really started to work on me prior to me fully surrendering, I mean, I was at a point in my life where I was a full-blown, full-blown drug addict, man. Um, I had been on that hamster wheel for about 13 years. Of started out with just drinking and smoking weed to it ended with me. It was give or take. It was around five to six hundred dollars a week. I was snorting up my nose. Wow. And I was at and I wish man, it's hard to it's hard to talk about sometimes, but but I came to a point where I wanted to die, man. And I was coming home one night after I'd been out. I'd, I'd went to work that day, and then I called my wife, and I said, hey, I'm going to be home in about an hour. I'm going to go get some movies. And then I never showed up. The guy, my dealer called. Next thing you know, I was there. Now it's like three or four in the morning. And I felt, you know, I was at this point, I was really wigging out because I was coming down and she was blowing up my phone and I knew I had to get home. I mustered up enough courage, man, to get in the car and start driving home. And I'll never forget this because I was driving down, um, down I-69 and I was approaching irish road and at that point i was just starting to like think about everything where my life was at everything that i was doing and i just started to cry out to him man and i just screamed at the top of my lungs i'm like jesus if you are real you need to help me because i wanted to i was i, I was contemplating suicide mm -hmm. and uh and i just screamed at the top of my lungs god you got to help me and as I got off the expressway, I pulled into the apartment. I lived in Windsor Place Apartments at the time. I walked in. And my wife hadn't seen me in almost 24 hours. 
and the cops had been there. She was, I mean, she didn't know if I was dead or alive. And the first thing, the first thing she did, man, was give me a hug because she was just happy that I was alive. And then I, I fell out on the couch, passed out, man. And she left. She took my son. She was six months pregnant. And she went to uh, her mom's house. And I woke up the next day. And this is the only thing I, this is the only way I can describe it. When I woke up the next day for the first time in my life, my desire to, to be sober outweighed my desire to get high. Mm. And I never felt that in over a decade. And after that, after that moment, I've never touched another drink, another drug, nothing. It was gone. It's like the Lord just took the taste right out of my mouth. Amen. And yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> there's not a whole lot I can say that other than that, I will go to my grave declaring that Jesus Christ is a healer. Yeah. Amen. Um, but I did not surrender my life completely. But if there was a moment where he started to work on me, it was then. Yeah. And I was in a band. And now that I was clean and sober, I I felt like I owed it to myself to at least go after this thing, you know, for the first time in my adult life, clean and sober. And the band that I was in, we were a heavier band. We we were more along the lines of like Breaking Benjamin, Three Days Grace, Red. We actually opened up for Red a couple of times. Um, but we, I started going after this thing and we started to take off. And it was crazy because here I was completely clean and sober. I knew God had healed me. But my rationale was, well, he put me here to be a rock star. So I'm going to I'm going to keep pursuing this thing. And we ended up getting to a point where we were open for national bands all over the state. We were traveling. And August of 2009, I played my biggest show. And it was it was my dream. It's always been my dream to be to be able to play DTE. And I told and I said, Lord, if you let me have that. I'll, I'll be happy. I'll never ask for nothing else. Well, he gave it to me. And I ended up opening for um, Godsmack and Motley Crue at, at Crew Fest in 2009 in August. And uh, the next day, that I'll never forget it, man. I woke up the next morning and I was just empty. I thought it was going to fulfill me. Mm-hmm. And I was doing all of these things, living my dream, and I woke up just empty. So... And that's the moment where I started to pray and ask God to show me if this is what he wanted me to do. And I kept praying that prayer and a few months went by and then finally it happened. I ended up, I ended up going to guitar center and I ran into a guy that was in a band that had just walked away. Same scenario I was in, but the Lord told me, led me to this guy so he could share his testimony with me. And as he's sharing the testimony, it was crazy. He's sitting there telling me, you know, he just walked away from everything. Uh, you know, time is short. He goes, I gave my life to Jesus, man. He goes, you know, he's got he's got a plan for me now, and, and I'm moving in a different direction. So he started sharing. And as he's telling me this, it's just piercing my heart, man. And I knew I was going to leave my band. 
So right at the height of my music career, we just recorded our second album. We were playing all these shows. We had all this stuff lined up. And I just, I walked away from it completely. So that was December 24th. It was Christmas Eve, 2009. And uh, I played two more shows after that. And I completely walked away from the band. And uh, that was my moment as far as giving my life to the Lord. Now, as far as me getting involved in worship and, and all of that, I told them I, I was at the point where when I played my last show that I wasn't going to I wasn't going to force my way into anything with worship, because honestly, my idea of worship at that time, all the only experience I had was um, was when I was a kid in my my grandfather's Baptist church and they sang out of hymnals and they didn't have instruments. So that was my perception of worship. I didn't really want, I had no interest in doing it. So I told the Lord, I was like, unless you want me to do it, you're going to have to open that door. So when we started going to church, my very first church service that we attended after I walked away from my band, um, I was introduced to the music director and I shared my testimony with him. And then the door swung right open for me to get involved in worship. And that's kind of where the worship started. That's awesome. You could almost say that you had a Peter-esque moment. You know, Christ oh, came yeah. to you and said, lay down your net and follow me. You know, lay down your guitar and follow me. I mean, that's that story is awesome. <laughs> I, I love hearing Dude. these testimonies. You have no idea how exciting it is to all of us. We have guys come on here and go, Oh, my testimony's so boring. I, I grew up as a Christian. Then they get into it and it's like, oh, it's beautiful. And then you come <laughs> on and you tell your story. And I'm sitting here like choking back tears, like, brother, you know, I praise God, man. man that's awesome. Praise God. You are I love your story. Yeah. And and what's what's cool about a lot of stories is there's someone who's gonna watch this podcast that may be in your shoes and is yeah. like you know what? If like like you ran into that guy at Guitar Center, yeah. Hopefully, someone's gonna hear it and be like, "I'm at this Guitar Center. I'm gonna walk away just like he did." Because <laughs> Amen, man. The Lord trumps everything, and yeah, and when you me. get to that fully surrendered point, it's so much burden drops off. Um, Absolutely, you're living proof. I'm living proof. We could probably go on, but. Uh, uh, Jeremy, you got anything? Um, so, who writes all your guys' music, and what are your influences? Um, the music, pretty much, um, I do, man. Um, and my influences, it's crazy because when I started, and I have my influences before, you know, I came to the Lord, and then. I have my influences since I got into worship and it's cool how the Lord has brought both of those things together. Cause they're honestly different. Like when you look at what I was doing before I came to the Lord, everything was very, you know, breaking Benjamin drop B low heavy. Um, and I was into like bands, like really into tool and like perfect circle. So you got like this progressive, and I played and wrote in that genre for so long. So when I came 
to the church, I had to go back to standard tuning, but I was introduced to Jesus culture. And even to this day, after 12 years, Jesus culture moves me the most out of all the worship that I've ever listened to. There's just something there that's got an alternative feel. And I love ambience. So when you listen to our music, at least the stuff that I've, I've got released as of right now, as we get into End of I and I start releasing that, and then the next three songs of End of I after that, you're gonna, you guys are going to hear a little heavier and a little more alternative. But um, I would say it's a combination of Jesus culture meets like that new metal type sound, but it's mm. worship. Mm. And the thing is, I'm still learning how to sing. Because <laughs> I, I wasn't I don't know about a singer that. in my band. Dude, I'm, well, I'm, you guys, that there's a whole nother testimony here with that. Like, when I was when I was in my band, um, I've been a guitar player my whole life. So, and just, like, more of a, a music writer and an instrumentalist. And that's what I've done my whole life. I was never a singer. And even when I came into the church... And the doors opened for me to do worship. It was to be, it was to do guitar. And I did that for about two years and really started to get my sound and get my niche and get my gear together. If you see what I'm playing through now versus what I was playing through then, it's like, it's like I had to come to the Lord to get creative with my stuff. <laughs> um, it's, that's a whole nother story. But um, about two years in, I was just getting comfortable playing lead guitar and then um, I had an overwhelming amount of people come to me and it was the Lord speaking to me through everybody asking me, how come I don't sing? And I kept telling everybody the same thing. Well, I, you know, I, I had, I don't want to get behind a microphone. That's the reason why I never did it because I didn't want to have for a couple of reasons. I didn't want to sing and I didn't want to have to publicly speak because I've had this like paralyzing fear, like a lot of people getting in front of a crowd and speaking. So I always stayed away from the microphone. But the Lord kept bringing people into my path that asked me, how come I'm not doing it? And then I got approached by our, our youth pastor. And he, he just basically came out and said, hey, would you be willing next year to get behind a microphone and lead worship? He said, we just lost our worship leader. We need somebody. And God put you on my heart. And I'm like, dude, I've never even sang before. So... He approached me and then I said, well, I'm going to pray about it. And God, you know how God works. He's Jehovah sneaky. I'm like, all right, I, I, I'm going to pray about it. And then I went home and I said right to my wife, I'm like, I'm not doing it. I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing it. They, if they need somebody, they can find somebody else. And I'm trying to come up with all these other ways, like other people we can pull in, you know? And, uh, this went on for like two weeks. Well, we had a guest evangelist come to our church on a Sunday afternoon. And I was asked to be on the worship team for him when he was there. So we did the worship. And just as we were finishing up, uh, my music director was like, listen, man, do not leave without letting this guy speak over you and pray over you, man. Because they were really close friends. And, and John Thorne was the music director of our church who played in Petra. He toured. God, like, stacked the deck when he sent me to the church he sent me to. Because the guy that I came under had a, a just a huge history of playing in, like, national Christian bands. 
so he had all these friends, right? So this guy was a healing evangelist and he brought him to the church. So I said, all right, I'll let him pray over me. So we were done and he was praying over a bunch of people. It was a huge altar call. So I, I, I get off the stage and I come around and I'm in the back. So there's probably, I don't know, 20 or 30 people in front of me. And I'm just kind of standing back there, just kind of looking around. And this guy, he starts looking, he, he, he finishes praying. He just starts looking around and he looked at me and he locked eyes with me and he said, you come here. And it's, <laughs> sorry guys. It's <laughs> all good. We love it. Man. It's amazing how you, you just can't, you can't outrun God. You can't run from it. Mm-hmm. When, when you say yes to the call, there's n- nothing you can do to get away from it. Mm-hmm. When that guy called me up, he read my mail. <laughs> and when I say he read my mail, he called out exactly what was being spoke over me. He said, there's people asking you to get behind a microphone. And he said, don't run from it. Mm-hmm. He, he said, God's calling you to it. Mm-hmm. And it was crazy. He started to pray over me and he spoke some more things over me. And as soon as he was done, I turned around and the youth pastor that had asked me to do it was standing right behind me. And he saw the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So then I couldn't say no. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I looked at, I looked right at him and I said, yes, I'll do it. Mm. And that was the end of June. And I had till September to learn how to sing and play. <laughs> and I'm here to tell you, as soon as I started to enter, entertain the idea of singing and playing, and I, I learned a song within two months and I was able to do it. Mm. Nice. And, and it was crazy, man. Because I never pictured or imagined myself being that guy. But I guess, and I and I lived that way my whole life. Mm. And it's just amazing, like, how when you say yes to the Lord, he starts to show you things that are in you that you had no idea were even in you. Absolutely. I had no idea I could sing. Mm. I had no idea that I could, uh, could write full songs, lyrics, and everything. I mean, that came a little later. But this was the first step into moving me into that that direction. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so I've been um, after that. I it, it took right off. Yeah. I wow. just I I ran into it full speed ahead. <laughs> you know, we love every we minute were, of it. We do. We were we're, we're all created uh, in God's image, and we were all meant to be worshippers. And you think of of David and the Psalms and that he the words that he put together and the words that you sing and with your guitar the music. This is the most resonating thing for all Christians. It should be basic that we were meant for worship. Mm-hmm. And uh, Romans uh, twelve uh, one. Uh, I've got this new Bible. I said uh, a different translation, but I love it. You, know, you all probably know 
where Paul says, therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. So you surrendered your life to him, and now he has you in the perfect spot. Anytime anybody worships, they're in that perfect spot. I mean, it's too bad we just, just sometimes some people just leave it for Sunday. It should be every day. It should be every moment. Absolutely. And when God gives you a voice to sing, uh, uh, and I'm so glad that you went for that. Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah. Because that's been, oh, go ahead, guys. Normally, I was going to add, but you know, when when he calls you, you don't have to worry about the details. He'll take care of them, and you're living <laughs> proof good. of that. You know, yeah. And I, we've we've had a big thing at at our church services about getting outside of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we go along, and um, you're going and going and going. But if God's calling you and you're uncomfortable, take the step. It'll work out. Living mm. proof right here. Yeah. Anybody who's watching, but uh, I don't know if you had more to add, but no. I think I cut you off, Jeremy. I'm sorry. No, it's just, uh, yeah, you're you're spot on, man. Like it was the only way God could really show up is when we're willing to do stuff like that. You know, I mean, it's easy when we're doing stuff that you know that we've done our whole lives, and not that He didn't give me the gift to play guitar; He did. But I was at a point where I was comfortable with it. And, you know, for him to be able to show up, it's leaning not on our own understanding, man. And that's yeah. where that's where we find him. Mm. Yeah. He he draws us to that place so yeah. we can really see him work. And, and I'll tell you, out of all the things, the biggest struggle in it, this this worked a lot of things out of me. It wasn't just showing me that, hey. It wasn't God just showing me that I had more in me. It was also working out a lot of insecurities and, and it, it forced me to look at my identity and what is my identity rooted in? Because am I making the worship about me? If I'm sitting here fretting over how, what I'm going to sound like, yeah, or is it about him? Yeah. And he dealt with me that hardcore. Cause I came out of the, came out of the secular music and it's all geared around self Look yep. at me, look at me. And that honestly started, that was part of how God drew me away from all that because it started to sicken me, man. Like I started to see it for what it is. So like I needed deliverance from that, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, as God called me into things that I wasn't comfortable doing, he, that, that put me in positions where I just had to trust him and he it, it allowed him to work you know, a lot of those things out of me, I had to be willing to get in front of people mm-hmm. and maybe not nail every note because I can tell you, I don't always. And, and especially at the beginning, it was a more of a struggle, but he used all of it. And I I'll say it, it's been the, the lifelong struggle as a believer as to what he's called me to is, um, uh, being in that that spot of having that microphone in front of me (laughs) but i will say when i started to embrace it though and started to let go because i understood that he just wanted me just to do it and and 
once I started to, to not focus on what was going on around me and just start worshiping, there's I've experienced a freedom in my life. Yeah. And it, in his presence that I would have never have gotten otherwise. Mm. Yeah. So it's been an amazing, yeah. amazing journey, man. Yeah. And it was about, I think, that was around 2012 when that happened. And it wasn't till maybe 2014 did he give me my first like worship song. Mm. And it was crazy. It came to me in a way that was different than the way I had written in my band, you know, everything in my, it seemed like when I was writing before, like when I was in my second band, it was forced. It was a job. Okay. We got to write more music. Yeah. Everything was a, a, a lot more mechanical, but I was in this room right here. And I was just, I got up one morning just came down here and prayed mm-hmm. and just started to thank him for everything he'd done. And then for the first time in my life, I had like a full song just downloading me at once. Mm-hmm. And I was able to grab my guitar and I was able to hear the vocal melody. I, it was, it was completely brand new to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where the songwriting started. Yeah. And, and it's, it, and it's, it's awesome because looking back, it's like, I can see the progression the, the songs that I was writing at the beginning was way more worshipful, like more along the lines of like a Sunday morning worship song. But as I continued to travel down this road, he started to bring back those older influences because the heavy music has never left me. Mm-hmm. And for a while there, I kind of fought it, you know, like, hey, am I supposed to put that aside and, and do this and make and is my worship so, supposed to sound like this because that's what everybody else is doing and the lord started to show me that he's like no i put that sound in you, and i want you to worship with it so everything that i had accumulated you know before i came to the lord and everything that i've accumulated since i started doing worship all kind of just come together at once mm-hmm. now everything that i'm writing consists of both it's like it's been blended together yeah and and it's in it's a good place to be. Absolutely. Hey, uh, we're about out of time on this first podcast. Do you have time where we can uh, boot up and do another uh, part two of this? Is that yeah available? Okay. Yeah. So we're going to take about a five-minute hiatus, uh, send out another Zoom invite. Uh, we'll okay. end up uh, this first podcast. Maybe I'll have Herb pray us out and uh We'll be right back with part two of Jeremy Riley music and then Dubai. So awesome. Herb, you want to pray us out? Yes. Well, thank you, Lord, that you have made us worshipers of the most high God, the one who sent Jesus Christ to die for our sins. Lord, we thank you that you rose him from the dead three days later, and he has given us new life, and it's all in Jesus Christ. And I pray that, Father, that your spirit will continue to um, come over us, to just to put our trust in our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, in everything we do, in the things we listen to, the music we play, the words that you give us so that we may be better worshipers day in and day out. Help us to do that. And we thank you for our brother, uh, Jeremy, that uh, you would bless 
his group. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, unfortunately, I will not be able to stick around for episode two. I've got something going on right after this. But, Jeremy, I want to thank you so much for joining us. This has been awesome getting to know you. And I know the listeners of Rock for Him love your music. So stay strong, brother. Know that God has given you a gift. Other Jeremy, my brother. (laughs) Love you so much, man. I I love having you on this show with me. Scott, you, brother, this has been awesome. And Herb, you lifted my spirits. You have no idea how much I needed to see your face today. (laughs) Jeremy, you may not realize, but Herb and I go back many years. We've done a podcast together back in the day. Me, Jeremy, Uh, Scott did. I mean, me, Scott, and Herb did. And uh, it lifted my spirits. I needed this today, my brother. So thank you so much. Love you. Love you, brother. brother. Thank you. So... With that all being said, Jeremy, where can they find your music? Um, I think the best place to you can either you can go to YouTube and End of I Music is my YouTube channel. And if you want to purchase it, you can go to the website endofimusic.com. Awesome. Yeah. All right. With all that being said, I just want to remind you, Jeremy, that if you're gonna rock, rock for him. Awesome. All right, guys. They will <laughs> see you in five minutes. All right, Good all night. right, bro. If you like what you saw today, hit the subscribe and like button down below and don't forget to share it to all your friends. Also, leave us a comment down below. If you're gonna rock, rock for him.